Father, we thank you because it's all true. You are an amazing God. And uh, you love us so much that you would give up your amazing son, the most precious of the kingdom of heaven. What a big God you are. What a loving God you are. Father, we ask today that you would just be in the midst of this room, that you would help us to receive your word and soften our hearts and uh, strengthen our will that we can be faithful, that we can stand out and be impact people for the kingdom of heaven. So be with us now, inspire us, and forgive us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat this morning. Well, we're in a series uh, called Fearless, and uh, today uh, we're going to look at uh, one of those folks that's um, unfortunately uh, easily missed, right? Uh, but before we get to that, let's let's do our, our theme verse for the whole series so we don't forget it. Hopefully you're getting this memorized now, you're getting this implanted. Uh, you ready to say it with me? Sure. Here we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. There we go. So just keep working on that. Recite that thing every day. Absolutely. Well, the guy we're going to meet today uh, is a guy who certainly lived a fearless life. Now, unfortunately, it's probably a guy that many of you haven't met. If Even if you're a, one of those folks that reads through the Bible in the year, you know, if you're one of those, you, you, well, you've probably read his name, but I would guess you probably kind of glanced over him pretty quick because he's one of those guys that appears, his story appears in one of those lists. You know the lists in the Old Testament? You know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh, and so-and-so. Well, this guy's in the so-and-so list, right? But as you go through the list, it describes the incredible mighty men uh, of King David. And as you go into that list, it comes out of 2 Samuel 23. Uh, so you can turn there in your Bibles or grab the half sheet uh, insert if you want. But uh, in that list, you're going along and it's describing these uh, 30 mighty warriors. And in the middle of the list, there is this guy, Binea. It says, there was also Binea, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. So we know a couple things right away about this guy, Binea. Yeah? Number one, I mean, obviously we know he's a valiant warrior. We get that right away, and we're going to see how valiant and fearless he is. Uh, but there's some hidden stuff in there. Uh, it's about his dad, right? It, it talks about who his dad was. What's interesting is his dad was a priest. And so Benea grew up in a priest's house. He was a PK. He was a preacher's kid, right? He grew up in a priest's house. So he grew up in the experience of having worship take place. That's what his dad did. That's what the priest did. So he grew up in this experience of God's presence and worship taking place and, and uh, you know, his father being responsible for leading the people of Israel in worship. And it's uh, thought and believed that his dad was at one time uh, a high priest, so a pretty important guy. So he grows up in this experience of worship and growing faith. And by the time he's old enough to begin a day job, uh, he becomes one of the incredible warriors 
for King David. And he shows himself to be so valiant, uh, so fearless, that David ultimately appoints him to become the captain of his bodyguard. In today's terms, we would say he was the head man for the Secret Service. Okay? He was the guy that protected King David. Now, if you're King David and you're the one that gets to choose who the guy is that protects your life, what kind of guy are you going to choose? Somebody who's pretty uh, valiant, somebody who's pretty fearless, and somebody who is absolutely dedicated to you, correct? This is Benaiah. Benaiah was just this incredible, fearless warrior who was dedicated to King David. We see that as we look at this description of Benaiah. Later on, further down in verse 22, it says, Deeds like these, we'll get to the deeds, okay? Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. Okay, so now we got 30 going on and we got three going on, okay? What's that all about? Well, in this chapter of 2 Samuel, uh, there's a description of David's 30 mighty warriors, okay? Benaiah is one of the 30. So these are the guys that were kind of the, the military masters of David's army, right? They, they were the fiercest of the fierce of David's army. And among these 30, there were also three guys who were just absolutely incredible, right? They were the fiercest of all 30 of these guys. And to give you an example of these three guys, okay, what they were like, there's an experience described in 2 Samuel where David is standing looking down at Bethlehem. And Bethlehem has a garrison of Philistines in control of the city, right? And he's standing up on the hill, and these three guys are with him, and he looks down at Bethlehem, and he says, man, he knows Bethlehem, right? It's his town. He knows it. He says, man... Boy, what I wouldn't give for a drink of water from the well in Bethlehem. So, what do you suppose the three guys do? These three guys get it in their head and they go down and take on the whole garrison of Philistines. And they go to the well. They're fighting off the Philistines and they get David a cup of water and bring it back to him. How awesome are the three guys? They go up against a whole garrison of Philistines just to get a glass of water for David. These are awesome guys. Now, it says that Benaiah is not one of the three. But it also says he was more honored than all the other members of the 30. So what does that make him? That makes him number four. That's how awesome this guy was. He is like number four in terms of the mightiest most fearless people and warriors in David's army. And David would trust him so much that he would become his bodyguard. He would be the, the one who would be in charge of the safety of David when he became king. Benaiah is an awesome guy. Now we're going to look at Benaiah and what he did, those deeds like these. We're going to look at the deeds. And as we look at the deeds, I think we'll find experiences that he goes through that lead us and challenge us if we're going to live fearless lives, if we're going to be 
mighty warriors. That is, if we're going to be people who are ready to impact the world for the cause of Christ, if we're going to live fearless lives that stand up and, and step out, what does it mean for us? Let's start with the mighty deeds of Benaiah. Okay, you ready? Here's one thing he did. It says, he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Killing two champions of Moab. So what's that like? So you, you know the movie Troy, right? You all know the movie, movie Troy. And, of course, the star of the movie is Achilles. I know, Brad Pitt. All right, all right. But Achilles, right? And in the beginning of the movie, what's Achilles' job? What, is, what does he do? Well, he is the champion, right? So when the two armies come together and the two kings talk it over and they say, now, listen, instead of having all our guys fight each other, you just pick your best guy, I'll pick my best guy, they'll go at it, whoever wins, wins. Right? Or we could go back in Scripture and go to the experience of David and Goliath. Right? I mean, Goliath was the Philistine champion. Why was he the Philistine champion? Oh, because he was the fiercest, he was the biggest, he was the most skilled at being able to defend and be a warrior and execute somebody else, right? Binea is the guy for Israel who was the champion who went up against two of the Moabite champions. How awesome is Binea? Now think about what this means. This means that here we are on a plane, the two, the two uh, armies are posed, ready to fight each other. And David says, Benaiah, go get him. What does Benaiah have to do? He has to leave the security of the ranks and he has to run to the challenge. Doesn't he? And it's what he does. He leaves the security of the ranks and he has to run and face the other champion. And he has to do this not just once, but according to the text, he has to do it two times. What do we know about Benaiah? This is a guy who is willing to step out and face the challenge. He runs to the challenge. Now, there's something for us to learn, isn't there? I mean, because the reality is so often in our lives, we get comfortable staying in the ranks. We get comfortable with the way our life is. And we even take challenges and we kind of put them off to the side and we ignore them. Things go on in our life. Things go on in our relationships. Things aren't what they ought to be. We're not living the way God wants us to live. And so what do we do? Well, we just take those challenges and we kind of put them off to the side and we tend to ignore them. And we just stay in the ranks. Benea... Benaiah runs the challenge. Here's what it means to have a fearless faith. To have a fearless faith means that you are ready to face the challenges in your life. You're ready to step out. You're ready to run to the challenge. You're not going to live an ignoring life anymore. You're not just going to take that relationship, put it on the side, and just ignore it anymore. You're going to go deal with a relationship. You're not going to take some other challenge that's going on in your life that you've been ignoring for a long time and just leave it sit over on the side. You're going to run to the challenge. People with fearless faith, we run to the challenge. We don't just settle for being in the ranks. We step out. We confront whatever it is we need to confront. 
If you look at uh, Paul in Romans 8, he gives us the encouragement of why we can do that. How can we do that? How can we just be people that are on the front edge who just keep stepping out and facing whatever we have to face? He says, what shall we say about, uh, about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. If we're right with God, then we have the ability to be able to step out and confront the challenges. We don't live a life that just ignores. We don't live a life that just settles. We don't live a life that just puts up with things. We're fearless. And fearless faith is willing to step out and confront the issues. That's what Benaiah did. He stepped out, ran in front of the ranks, and he confronted two of the Moabite champions. Now that's an awesome story in and of itself. It gets even better. What else do we know about this guy's heroic deeds? It says, another time, on a snowy day in Wisconsin, must have been here. It's the only place that snows, right? On a snowy day in Wisconsin, yeah, no. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. He did what? Now, look at what that simple verse there. Look at what that says. On a snowy day, in an experience that was less than favorable, in an experience that didn't have everything just perfect on a snowy day, when the, when the environment wasn't just absolutely wonderful and perfect, Benea chased the lion. Did he just kind of run into the lion? Did he just kind of accidentally happen upon the lion? No, it says he did what? Chased. Fearless. He went after it. He confronted it. He did exactly what we just learned about him, right? Fearless faith. He exercised fearless faith, and he ran to the challenge, and he chased the lion, and he confronted the lion, even though it wasn't perfect circumstances, and he even went down in a pit face-to-face with a lion. Now, help me out here, but if you're down in a pit with a lion, am I right in saying there's nowhere to run? There's nowhere to run. I mean, you've got to crawl out pretty fast if you're going to have a chance to run. He's facing the lion. What's going on here? How could Binea, with less than perfect circumstances, chase, confront the issue, and go down in the pit with the lion? Here's the lesson. When you understand how big your God is, Lions become small. When you understand how big, how incredible, how powerful your God is, then the challenges become small. See, a lot of us wait for a perfect time. We got to wait for a perfect situation before we'll step out and we'll confront issues in our life that we know are contrary to God or hurtful of other people or not living up to what God wants in our life, right? And and somehow we convince ourselves, you know, it's just not the right time to deal with that right now. Really? A snowy day isn't a perfect time to confront a lion. 
But Benaiah did. Because he understood his God is a God who's big even on a snowy day. His God is big enough to go down in a pit and face that lion with all of its sharp teeth and all of its sharp claws and face that lion no matter how risky it is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how that lion could rip him apart. He is ready to face that lion. Now here's the irony. You may sit this morning and say, wow, listen, that's Benea. And I am not crazy enough to go confront a lion. Truth? You confront a lion absolutely every single day. That's what First Peter says. First Peter says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a what? Say it with me there, will you? A roaring lion. Whoa. Looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You see, the reality is every single day we're in a pit with a lion. Every single day. And the only thing that's going to empower us to be able to step out and confront whatever we have to confront, face whatever we have to face, is that we understand how big our God is. And when we understand how big God is, then the challenge, the lion, becomes small. Let me just share with you a list of how big our God is, right? So just sit back, take this thing in, and think about how incredible our God is. Our God is. Our God is perfect, infinite, unchanging, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present. There's nobody like our God. Our God is. Our God is the one God. He is the great God. He is the eternal God. He is the holy God. He is the mighty God. He is the most high God. There's nobody like our God. Our God, He is an awesome God, a righteous God, an all-sufficient God, a gracious God, a faithful God. There's nobody like our God. He is the God of all glory. He is the God of all the heavens. He is the God of all truth. There's nobody like our God. He is the God of our salvation. He is the God of our strength. He is the God of compassion. He is the God of our life. And amazingly, He is a God with us. He is the judge of all the earth. He is the father of all people. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is King of kings, Lord and lords. He is nobody. There is nobody like our God. He is indescribable, incomprehensible, incomparable, and He is absolutely invincible. There is nobody like our God. Do you see how big your God is? If your God is that big, is there any challenge in your life that he cannot help you overcome? That's Benea. Benea was an incredible warrior because he ran to the challenge and he'd get in the pit with a lion because he knew how big his God was. And if you understand how big God is, then you can exercise a fearless faith even in the face of obstacles that seem so overwhelming. Let's look at another experience of Benea, where he is the underdog. It says, once, once, uh, armed only with a club, he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benea wrenched the spear from the Egyptian hand and killed him with it. So what's going on? Benea, Egyptian warrior. Benea's got a club. Egyptian warrior has a 
spear. Okay, Vegas people, what are the odds on this one? Who are you putting your money on? Guy with spear? Big and mighty warrior? Guy with club? A hunk of wood? You see, it seems impossible that Benea would even have a chance of defeating this Egyptian. The Egyptian is big. He is better equipped. All the odds are with the Egyptian. And you may go into a circumstance and say, I just, I just don't know how I can get beyond this. I just don't know how I can give this up in my life. I just don't know how I can overcome this in my life. I just don't know how I can even get to a better place in my life or in my relationship. You may start out looking and saying the Egyptian is just too big. And after all, he's got a big spear. And I just don't know how it can possibly happen. Here's the amazing thing. Before the battle is over, what does Benaiah use to kill the Egyptian? That very spear. Your God is so big. Your God is so great that he can use the challenges in your life that you think are so overwhelming to elevate you to a different place in life. I mean, that's the very things. When it's obvious that the only way the battle is going to be won is because God is so big. Those are the ones. There is no question that the witness is obvious. You were able to overcome this. How? Not because of you, but because your God is so big. You were able to deal with this, not because of you, but because your God is so big. Benea defeated the Egyptian with that very spear. And look what ultimately happens to Benaiah. Benaiah gets elevated. It says, Then the king appointed Benaiah to, the command, to command the army in place of Joab, and he installed Zadok, the priest, to take the place of Abathar. What happens? David dies. Solomon, his son, takes over. Solomon looks around to see, Who should I put in charge of my army? And who does he choose? A fearless warrior who has run to the battle and confronted the other warriors, a fearless warrior who has stepped out, who understands how big God is, who's ready to go up against anything, even if the odds are not in his favor, because he understands God can accomplish it. And when it's all done, Benaiah gets elevated. His life gets elevated. You see, that's the incredible thing. It's just incredible. That, that when we just become fearless faith people, when we just run to the challenge, when we step out there, when we just understand how great our God is, how big our God is, that nothing is beyond our God, when we just trust Him and don't put stuff on the side anymore, don't ignore it anymore, we just put it into His hands, even though it looks like a huge risk, even though it looks like the odds are all against us, those can become the exact places that our life gets elevated. He can use that challenge to elevate your life. He can use that challenge to elevate you to an even greater possibility. Benea, number four, becomes commander of the entire army. So here's the deal. Fearless faith, what is it that you've been ignoring that you just need to face? What is it that you've been putting on the side and compromising with that you know God is just pushing you and saying, look, let's go deal with this. 
Do you have a fearless faith you can answer that question and say, God, I'm ready. I don't want to be in the ranks anymore. I don't want to just stand on the sidelines anymore. I want to be a fearless warrior who runs to the problem. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. It is a, just an incredible witness of Binea. Uh, just, just to see him. You can see him in, in our minds, Lord, just running to the challenge, just absolutely overwhelmed in confidence with you, climbing into a pit with a lion. Father, give us that faith. Give us that understanding of how great you are, how big you are, how compassionate and kind you are, how overwhelmingly powerful you are. And give us such a confidence that you can work in our lives, even when it seems impossible, and elevate our lives to something more, to advance your kingdom and to bring glory to your name. Father, be with us this day that you would be honored and that we could advance your cause. In Jesus' name. Amen.